The following is a Barrett Sports Media production. There are two sides to the broadcast industry, content creators and money makers. This podcast is for that second group, sellers, buyers, managers, anyone with an interest in business. You're all welcome here. This is Seller to Seller. Now, here's your host, Jeff Cabes. Danny Buckley is the VP and GM of Lead G2. You'll learn more about that. You probably have heard about the Center for Sales Strategy. She's been in advertising sales and consulting and marketing, and now for the last 15 years in sales enablement and inbound marketing. Wouldn't that be nice? Danny hosts a podcast called Sell Smarter, Sell Faster. She even worked for Cox in radio sales in Orlando, where she's from. From 2008 to 12, she was a presenter at the Radio Master Sales Summit brought to you by Radio Inc. and the Center for Sales Strategy. And that presentation was on generating sales leads. You're selling a Cox Radio 2008-9. And I wonder what their lead gen was. How did they create leads for Danny to go out and be successful? Well, first I'll preface by saying... Uh, and sure things have changed a lot. So this is definitely, you know, this is a glimpse back in time. And, um, and as with most media companies, especially during that time period, but probably a lot still today, which I mm -hmm. see day in, day, day out, Yes, there is no lead generation strategy. There's no, you know, the marketing department is to promote the station, right? To get listeners, to interact, that kind of thing, that type of branding. Marketing department has nothing to do with driving sales revenue. You know, we got call-ins from time to time, still at that mm -hmm. time on the phone, even mm -hmm. some on the fax machine. <laughs> mm -hmm. And um and and really it was up <laughs> to the salespeople to go out and find prospects, you know. And, and as a younger seller too, for me at the time, I I was really uh, expected to just go out and hit the streets, right? Cold call and and find people that will meet with me. That that was the lead generation strategy was have uh, eager, aggressive salespeople who are hunters and who are you know ready to go out and, and do what they got to do. All right, so Danny, I want you to put the big hat on. Don't talk about your clients, talk about the industry mm -hmm. and, and you're helping them with lead G2, try to increase their inbound opportunities. So why do you believe even some of the largest operators in the radio industry and television too, probably yeah. are not focused on the marketing support system, working for sales rather than programming? Yeah, well, I guess the first one is I don't know if they think they should be. I don't know if leadership gets it. I think um, that there just is a, there's so much um, innovation happening in media and in media sales, but mm -hmm. I think that there is one area that a lot of folks get stuck and it's that this is how we've always done it. We, our salespeople need to go out and find those leads. They're, they, even in, in organizations that are doing lead generation, I see them giving their salespeople a different commission for, oh, well, if we found this lead for you, then it's different. So there's something stuck in the leadership <laughs> across the industry. Um, so I think that's the first one. The second one is I think that um, there is just trepidation of trying something new. And at some organizations, it's a huge shift to go from almost 100% focused on outbound prospecting to, wait, we can actually be doing things to drive leads, to drive advertisers. Um, it takes work and it's a big mindset shift. For those top 25 markets who have external media promotional budgets, in mm -hmm. other words, 
They have cash, Danny, that they yeah. spend, not just trade. They could reallocate resources because outside of the employees and the programming expenses for syndication hosts, if they're paying those, you know, their expenses are software and they've changed all of that. So they'd have to be able to move this budget over. It's not a costly investment. I don't want to put words in your mouth like that because you're selling this all day. Yeah. So what kind of investment is it and how should they be organized in an ideal way? You're right. Like most or even the largest organizations don't have a budget. This is not something that exists like, OK, well, now we're going to spend our B2B marketing budget on this. Right. In mm -hmm, most cases, mm -hmm. it doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. So there is a shifting. Often it's coming from from the sales side of things. Actually, um, we often find that it's a market that is excited someone who gets it leadership who's like i want to do this and okay. they are pulling dollars um okay. and often will be a market or two has success and then corporate notices and says oh we should do this but to go back to your question if we really want to look at figures you know there's two major pieces to doing this well mm -hmm. one is actually having the person or people or team to mm -hmm. execute on it that knows how to do it can build the strategy can build the campaigns can create the content because it's a very content driven um, methodology. You've got to have educational content to do lead generation well, and that takes time and resources. So having the right team, whether that's internal or hiring a company like us, um, or, and then, and then the second piece is the technology, having the marketing automation technology that runs everything. So those are the two expenses that you're looking at. Um, you know, what it costs to hire internal people. I mean, you're going to need to we know that hire an experienced person. This is not an entry level job. You need someone who really knows their stuff. And you probably also need another person who can create content. So we're looking at two decent sized salaries, right? Um, hiring an agency like us, um, somewhere between a hundred to $200,000 a year to get started. Um, that's the type of investment that you'd be looking at. And that's kind of like all in on, on the strategy, the execution. You don't need an internal marketing person at all. Right. Um, so the, the, those give some figures and then the software that can range anywhere between like, you know, five, 10,000 to like 20, 30,000 a year. And the 20, 30 is probably on the higher end, just depending on what you need and, and the amount of users and things like that. Mm -hmm. and, we, and we get into those six figure numbers for staffing uh, or either outsourcing or going internal. It's usually probably outsourcing first, and then they try to hire you, and then they try to go in, in, internally. Totally. But, we can but, do it ourselves is always the thing we hear first, <laughs> and then they come back a year later. Wait. Right. right. <laughs> uh, but you, so you're, 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 you know, my, my idea of top 25, top 50 market, that is, do you tread in those waters mostly then? We're all over the board. You know, okay. my presentation last week, I gave examples for small, medium, and large markets. Okay. Um, I mean, when you really break it down, it's like, okay, six figures. Okay, well, what is one new advertiser worth to you, right? Uh -huh. <laughs> what if we could bring in 20 new advertisers that you Hello? wouldn't have found on your own, right? It, it, the ROI isn't hard to reap once you get going. Okay. So we're creating content. We want our funnel to be a little wider. We want to pull in people who are in the investigative mode for advertising. And they live in Orlando. Uh, they go into Google and they search radio advertising in Orlando and they get all these results back. Uh, walk us through in baby steps, Danny, yeah. SEO optimization and how radio stations woohoo, who try to go out and sell this stuff, mm -hmm. right? Uh, can actually be in the business themselves. You know, what are people searching? Are they searching radio advertising, radio ads, or what's your thoughts on this? The way I like to break it down is what the example you gave radio advertising in Orlando, 
that is that is a legitimate example of what people are searching for. Okay. That is what I would call a bottom of the funnel search, right? Okay. This is someone who already knows what they're looking um they're, they're, they they want to talk to a radio station. They might even put in the the station that they know they want to, you know, advertising on and I'm going to just shout out WHTQ because that's the classic rock station that I worked for which is no longer a classic rock station but oh. just for fun for those listening. So, you know, you might say radio advertising on WHTQ in Orlando. Okay. Um that's very bottom of the funnel. People are absolutely doing that. Um but what we want to do with inbound marketing and lead generation is we want to we want to capture those people for sure. We want to be sure you're showing up. We want to be sure what's showing up is a place for advertisers that talks about your services where they can contact you. That's the biggest thing that is lacking for a lot of media companies. They've okay. just got station sites and maybe somewhere at the bottom, a link that says advertise with us, you know, and it's Bingo. not even defined and there's not much info there. Not good. Uh, so that's the biggest thing to change, but that's a whole other topic <laughs> that I got into last week. But the other the other stuff that we want to catch people searching for is those earlier in their journey, right? You think about the business owner who mm -hmm. is is expanding to a second location mm -hmm. and they're they're up at night because it's the only time they have to think about this and they're googling stuff like how to promote my new store location. Um, that is, Good they point. don't, maybe, maybe they're not thinking of radio advertising. Maybe they're, they don't even know where to start. Um, it's that kind of stuff that we want to think about and we do okay. research, right? Cause it's different depending on industries, who you're targeting, your, right. your market. Right, um, but right. it's those types of questions. People have gotten really good at knowing what to put into Google, right? We're not, it, it's so different than it was even five years ago. People are putting exactly what they're looking for, the questions they have. So if you had a, let's just say a blog post that you had written that is, five ways to promote your new location when expanding your retail store. I'm just make whatever. Sure. And that shows up when this person's searching that that's what you want. Um, so or you're if you're a radio about, station in sports, sports bar, grand openings. Yes, exactly. Perfect. Yeah. So it's like thinking bigger and earlier in the journey, not just radio advertising or my station or whatever, but it's like, what are they thinking about before they even know what the solution is? Right. Okay. There's so much here. That's such a great breakdown though. And, and a lot of this conversation so far with you, Danny is, is really geared at that market manager and the general manager. Um, I want to get over to something though, that I hear some from retail clients that I work with about digital fatigue and how that may help the over the air radio, uh, broadcaster. And if these are older consumers that are less trusting, of what they're seeing coming across your content about advertising on your classic rock station that doesn't exist, you know? Well, what's your thoughts on on that? So I think the answer to that, and there's probably many, but if I'm understanding the question correctly, you know, the other side of lead generation and inbound marketing and creating all of this content so that you're getting found earlier in the buyer's journey and you've got a place for people to land and to connect with you, the other side of it is sales enablement, which we haven't touched on as much. And so- okay. If let's just say there are folks who aren't searching or who do have this digital fatigue or maybe just don't, you know, aren't even using those as outlets to get information. This is where the salesperson still really matters. <laughs> um, and, and, and they do is, is, can I interrupt you? Yeah. I don't know what sales enablement is. Um, it is pretty much the, the strategy, the content, the tools and resources 
that help salespeople sell smarter and faster. So it's anything. It's it's having the right, um, having case studies at their fingertips. That's sales enablement. Okay. Um, if you're familiar with sales plays, right? Having a laid out, here's the 10 steps you should take when you're approaching a new prospect. Laying okay. that out with maybe email templates. Um, it's anything you can do. Having a CRM. Having sales enablement tools like um, email tracking or being Text able to, bots. yeah, all exactly videos, um, all the stuff you can arm your salespeople with that's going to help them do their job better, smarter. And that's part of what you do. You part, yes. you will arm the sales staff. Hey, this is the the thought process. Okay, so go ahead. Yeah, exactly. So you know, sales enablement. It, we've been doing this stuff forever, but it's just kind of doing it better. <laughs> um. So so yeah. So I think the other side of it is for to reach those other maybe harder to reach uh, advertisers. Um, sales enablement is the key. You're still doing one to one communication, but you're sending the stuff to them. You're sharing with them. Maybe it's even after a meeting you had or something you know that they're interested in. You're sending them what they need. You're putting it in front of them, so they may not be going and searching for it on their own, but you're kind of being proactive in knowing what they might find valuable that's going to help move them along in the journey. Uh, does that answer the question? It does, because I, I, yeah. I, I think we take so much of this for granted. We do. That, you know, the salespeople will go out and find an advertiser and bring them in. And I, I've sat through tremendous <laughs> video presentations by major broadcasting organizations that introduce salespeople to the process of selling spots and dots and digital. And I don't know how much is spent on process because there's a lot of different people with a lot of different processes. Yeah. A lot of the process stuff too lives in leadership's heads or maybe yes. best salespeople, but yes. like our job at lead you too, is that let's extract all that and let's put this into something that your newest hire can quickly implement and use yes. that has been tried and true for 20 years it, or is maybe brand new methodology or, or strategy, but it's, it's, you can follow it. We're not trying to like get people to like solve a mystery to crack the code of how to sell well. Like, let's right. get do, it do you well. think, Danny, that this is one of the keys, in your opinion, to cracking the 20, say 25 to 34 year old seller code, which so many stations are struggling to hire this demographic? I do. That age group, they are eager to do well. They want to do well. They want to learn. They want to execute. Give them a plan. Let them build their own muscles and then find their own groove. Mm -hmm. But don't make them do that like in this rocky road of like years of struggle like so mm -hmm. many of us did. Mm -hmm. Like give them the best tools and the best systems and then they can find their own groove and they can start to personalize and get their own style. But let's start with like handing them what they need so that they can just go and do it. Danny, you work with so many of these people that would never ask you what sales enablement is or to explain SEO, they would have their own interpretations of it. So to yeah. that crowd, and this is a key question, uh -huh. you believe that um, I should go a little younger, get out of 25, 34 and go right into college graduate to 30, to, to 30 year old probably. I think I've run across them. Do you think that age group says, Cold calling is dead. There is way better ways to do things in today's economy. Kinda, yeah. Because they, they, the second they try it too, they see that it doesn't really work, right? <laughs> it's gotten harder. 
Yeah, I, I, I mean, obviously there's exceptions to every case, but I do think if we're going to generalize here, I do think that it is a much harder thing to go ask someone out of college to go do. They know that there's other ways. They're learning the other ways in college, right? If they're getting advertising degrees or marketing degrees, they're learning mm-hmm. of all the ways that sales organizations and marketing can drive leads, can can warm up leads, can do all of this. And then they go and they're like, wait, this feels really old school. Why are mm-hmm. we doing it this way? Mm-hmm. Without giving away the secret sauce, what are some tactics? I mean, if you come in and you work with the radio group in Orlando or Columbus, Ohio or Las Vegas, Nevada, just what are some of these broad tactics that they could expect would start taking place if they bought in? I don't mind giving away the secret sauce. The first tactic is having a plan. I mean, this seems obvious, but like really the the strategy and research part and the one I'm going to point out is around who are we really targeting? you know, really thinking about the different, we call them personas, right? So you've got the business owner, you've got the marketing director, you've maybe got the CEO, you've got the agency ad rep, right? You So you've got these different folks that you're talking to. Mm-hmm. Do you really, have you researched, have you surveyed, do you really understand in your market, your best ideal customers, what they care about, what they're searching for online, the questions they have. Um, And you need your salespeople to answer those questions too. They need to be part of that process because they know better than anyone else. The other big piece is, I mentioned earlier, is having a B2B website. Having a really good B2B website that is built for SEO, that that is only for advertisers. This is an educational place where local advertisers can can see all the different things you do and all the ways that you can help and educate and that you can compete with the digital agency down the street. You need to be able to do that. Not just a static website, but needs to be built where it's easy and you're following best practices to capture leads. With funnels going to the next landing page and videos with with Danny or Jeff or whoever. Yep, calls to action, things that are are just constantly making your site really sticky. Um, And then the next piece to that is content. You know, we believe in kind of the publisher parish. I mean, it's true these days, Um, any industry, but especially media. Like if you're not regularly putting out and talking about how you are more than just selling spots and dots, right? Or whatever it is (laughs) that you actually know what you're doing. You're actually building marketing strategies. You're actually um, implementing campaigns that are creative and unique. And you understand how marketing works. You need to be showing that, Um, not just telling people you do that, but showing that through having a really good blog that talks about this stuff that um, you, maybe you have eBooks, maybe you're putting on webinars, maybe you've got a podcast. Content creation is the name of the game in all of this, in both sales enablement and in lead generation. It sounds like right now, radio salespeople who are in markets that are not working with you or may never work with you, um, they can do some of these things right now on their own. Yeah, yeah. I mean, salespeople can absolutely do it. I've seen salespeople go and just create their own, which I think is really cool. Even better if you can get, you know, your company to do it. <laughs> um, but yeah, absolutely. That is the starting point. A, a simple website and and blogging content and then push that content out on social media, making sure you're actually connected to all your prospects and your clients on LinkedIn. Um, you don't, ha- if you have that content, then you always have stuff to post and you can just mm-hmm. keep this stuff is evergreen. Most content you create should be valuable a year or two years from now. So you're you're like just it's not like you create it and then you're done with it. It, it should be there to use for a long time. The more content you have, the more you can, um, you know, put it out into the world and keep bringing people back to you. Wow. It sounds so simple, yet I know it, uh, it, there, those there's big hurdles. And uh, when it comes to your own marketing uh, for for your company and how you get more and more media companies in, 
Do you guys do content marketing? What What are your go-to steps to create more business? Yeah, 100%. I mean, that's how Legi2 was actually formed, was our parent company, the Center for Sales Strategy, CSS, did this 10, 11 years ago for ourselves. And CSS has, you know, if you check out that blog and if you're in media, I mean, it, it's, we publish every day of the week um, or every week workday. Um, and we did it well and it worked and it continues to be the number one source for new leads um, and attracting new business. And then Legi too, same thing. We do it. We do exactly what we teach our clients to do. And it's just constantly creating stuff that's going to be actually genuinely helpful to people. It has to be genuinely helpful. You can't just put out fluff. People will catch on. And then you'll be surprised when you get the message on LinkedIn from someone that you connected with a year ago. That's like, you know what? I've been watching you for a while and I think I'm ready to talk. I saw this article you published. It happens actually all the time. Get over worrying about what your competition will or will not learn about you. That's oh pretty my old gosh. school. I right? knew I liked you. Yes, I what? hear that all the time. <laughs> well, we don't want to, I mean, you even said it earlier, like you don't want to give away too much. We don't like, we're past that. People can find whatever they want on the internet. Either So if they're not finding it from you, they're finding it from your competitor or someone else. Get over it. Great point. Um, they know who your top clients are. We all have that technology. Well, Danny, you've done such a tremendous job. I'm such a believer. Uh, you and Seth Ressler, you, you give salespeople hope that there is another way to really go out and support them in the market with with some equity that they can just get into the business of converting clients to being on their station rather than just always it feels like climbing 10 flights of stairs and then going up another 10. And I think yeah. that's how salespeople get burned out and ultimately the turnover is very high for that reason, in my opinion. I agree. All right. Thanks to Danny Buckley for joining me here on Seller to Seller. You can find more info on Danny on LinkedIn. You can catch her on the Sell Smarter, Sell Faster podcast. All right. And review and subscribe to this uh, Seller to Seller, please. Podcast, pass it along. That's how we grow. Email me, jeffcaves54 at gmail.com with interview requests. Check out barrettsportsmedia.com for weekly sales columns and past pods that I have. It's all there. We'll talk to you next week.